0: Welcome to Future Forecast. This is a no-filter podcast where we debate topics that are typically glossed over by the mainstream media.
1: These are hand-picked topics that we think deserve a deep dive. I'm your host Hyena and I'm with
0: Fox and today's topic is the future of farming and the impact on the world around us. Before we jump into it our social media links are in the description and as always all of our sources are linked below. The points we bring up are our opinions and unfortunately to the way the world works we need to say that we are not bona fide experts and our opinions do not constitute investment advice so take everything we say with a grain of salt.
1: All right let's jump into it.
0: All right so we assume that our listeners are a little bit slightly savvy but just in case Haina from StatsCan uh, in 1921 agriculture was the single most common occupation employing a million Canadians and accounting for one third of all jobs but by 2008 about 327,000 people were primarily employed in agriculture accounting for 1.8% of the labor force and GDP from agriculture in Canada is expected to be 49 billion by the end of this quarter which is around you know 2% of the economy it's actually it's actually pretty interesting when when you mention that like the percentage
1: of people that are now farmers versus what they what they once were I mean it's also with the urbanization everybody moving to much more urban places kind of like forgetting or not forgetting but abandoning agricultural practices farming in general it's it's interesting that from let's say i mean what the urban revolution do we do we say that industrial revolution was what uh the 18th century yeah, Only
0: like mid-18th mid, mid 18th century. Yeah.
1: Mid-18th century. and then Well, 19th century, 1850s, right? 18, <laughs> 19th century, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the correction. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's it's just that they've been slowly shifting and shifting. And mm-hmm. we don't really notice this. We think that, oh yeah, there's, there's tons and tons of farmers out of mm-hmm. there. But in reality, it's just a few farmers and a ton of land. Yeah, I mean,
0: like you don't have to go back that far probably to find one of your ancestors that was probably a farmer, right? Like I, I I'm probably sure my, my, well, I don't know for sure, but my, I'm sure my great grandparents were like, you know, sheep herders or something. It was, it was a rural, third world country, eighteen uh, nineties. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were not doing that something that advanced. I mean, that's the same here. I'm sure they were like
1: picking out leaves or something. Hey, look, you know, the British. <laughs> They 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 pretty much took over a country, right? It was the French. So yeah, so, yeah. It's just like the amount of like picking out leaves mm-hmm. or picking out whatever tea. Yeah, is. I
0: mean, uh, yeah, and, and people, yeah, most people would not actually be able to um, survive uh, on their own anymore. You really rely on technology to kind of, you know, get you through life these days. Like if you're if you're put outside in the wilderness, like a thousand kilometers away from civilization, and they say farm this land. You're basically screwed. <laughs> yeah, we're basically screwed. It's like
1: you're you're just like transported to a different world at this point, and you're just like whoa. Yeah. Uh.
0: And this would have been like second nature to your ancestors, right? Like a hundred. If you go a hundred years back, like everyone probably. Well, let's say a lot of people would have known what to do (laughs) yeah at least like build a
1: fire do all these do all these ways to to keep yourself like up and running and Mm -hmm. wow that's it's insane it's insane how much we're 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 so dependent on technology and how farming has not really like flicked our ears because we just go to a supermarket and just pick out the meat or go to a butcher shop but then again it's just like if we were to go back hundreds of years people were actually catching their chickens or whatever livestock and they're chopping them up and they're making food yet we get squeamish just at the thought of it right now
0: well actually that's like a good uh segue because um like people think that farming is still like some guy with like a a a hoe (laughs) not that kind of hoe guys (laughs) (laughs) like a farming hoe like hitting the ground and like you know maybe going out with a watering can and dumping a bit of water (laughs) on a few crops but really like the amount of technology nowadays um on a typical farm well in the west anyways Mm -hmm. is like mind-boggling right it's basically like you're a a small business owner that has like a few million dollars of mechanized equipment Mm -hmm. specialized equipment and uh, at least a few million like just just usually the farmers alone is a few million dollars like the land and the building and and then you know the tractors can run like you know five hundred thousand dollars like a tractor is usually more expensive than a Lamborghini. actually really a lamborghini yeah they started off as a tractor manufacturer what yeah so lamborghini okay. is a tractor manufacturer okay i've learned something yeah. new today yeah so just to let you know that like yeah on a cost comparison you're like buying lamborghinis to go farm this field for you <laughs> or help you farm the field and uh and and yeah, it's like owning like a fleet of Lamborghinis. So, but now,
1: but now, think about that. Like, think about this audience. It's like they basically have the money to do this. It's oh, just, yeah. it's just like the amount of revenue that they that they get from this is it's staggering. And now, mm-hmm. and now, like that pulls our perception of yeah, farmers aren't really poor. They're actually ballers. <laughs>
0: yeah, in the, in the Western world, I would say like most farmers are not like having that hard of a time let's say like i think they're they're making a good living for themselves and they're in areas that are lower cost of living so um yeah they 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 definitely earn their share of money like their share of revenue and they have to work hard for it but they're not like uh you know like scraping by (laughs) well
1: it's also they're not like going through servitude or they don't have like some overload or Mm -hmm. overlord or like that's that's like uh pinching them for everything that they they they
0: they kind of do. Like, their margins are not that high. Um, oh, no? Yeah, margins okay. are not that high because um, most of... They, they get pinched by, like, the, um, like, supermarkets and stuff. Like, if they want to be able... And cartels, there's, like, milk cartels and... Um, really? Like, especially, like, in, in Canada. Like, mm-hmm. each province has their own board to, like, sell the wheat board and the milk board. And the... Yeah, it's, like, really... Um, it's it's kind of slimy. Um, that's why your, like, milk prices are, like, you know, let's say, like, you know, two, three dollars a liter and you go to the US and it's uh it's like you know, one gallon is like a dollar two Well, I mean speaking speaking of
1: which you you just brought up an interesting topic because if I if I remember correctly there's there's been an increased inflate. Uh, so the inflation rate for milk has gone mm-hmm. up by like five point one percent or something like that, oh, if yeah. I if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. now I'm wondering like how does this inflation rate goes up for like products like this? Is it is it due to uh, the farmers choice is it due to just like the economy
0: in general what um, do you think so typically well, what I think it is like um, you know maybe we should one day talk to some farmers but I'm yeah. pretty sure like what I've read is that farmers are still um, selling at the same price their goods that they were last year or the year before right um, they're actually making less money because the price of gasoline is higher so they're actually is biting into their revenues um, and also they can't import foreign labor to help them pick their fields. So their revenue, their, their costs are going up, but their uh, the amount they sell for are staying the same. Uh, and then who's actually pocketing the difference is, is basically the shipping companies. Well, I mean, they're not pocketing, they're having problems themselves, right? Right. So basically the reason that it's going higher is because the shipping prices are higher. And as a Canada doesn't produce anything to be honest guys like we produce like soybeans and wheat and um, canola but we do have like an intense
1: uh, amount of resources in general it's just that we can do
0: it it would just people don't want to because it's cheaper to go buy your corn from you know mexico or more productive people in like california like they're very productive the farms but i mean
1: but i mean with the resources that we do have like uh, i'm talking about the natural resources that we have do we just, like, grab it and we just send it over to another foreign country to, to take care of it, mm-hmm. pro- uh, process it and stuff? Or do we really don't have that much?
0: Yeah, a lot of times we send it to be processed yeah, okay. um, to other... Uh, we've basically sold off all of our industry. Yeah. Um, I know, like, a lot of the farms in, like, Western Canada have flipped to, like, let's say the canola industry, like I was talking about. Okay. Um, so they just, like, farm corn. They don't sell it to consumers because consumers are not willing to pay that much for corn, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what happens is they just make it into oil and then they you know, you use it you burn it in buses and stuff. <laughs> so literally like um uh yeah, like so a lot of the agriculture is not even and, and also a lot of the agriculture is not even made for Canadians. So a lot of it is let's say like uh soybeans like I said. Right. They sell it to China cuz China's willing to set, to buy soybeans at a pretty high price cuz they use it a lot for tofu and whatever right, right it's like a very staple, like a staple food, food yeah, right exactly canada you know only only the vegans eat the <laughs> eat tofu Vegan. you know um but uh but yeah so there's no not really much of a market yeah but it's it sells at a higher price than lettuce for example right so nobody's gonna farm lettuce when you can farm like soybeans and then sell it abroad and then make a premium out that of make of a that it. yeah of course but that means that canadians who want lettuce they're not buying it Canadian lettuce. No, they're, they're buying it from the United, United States. States. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that means you're importing it, which means you need it to go on a truck or a ship. But ships and trucks are in short supply. And the price of a truck or ship... Why would you? Why would a farmer want to pay like $10,000 for a Canadian, uh, container of lettuce when the whole container worth of lettuce probably costs $10,000? So it's like one-to-one shipping to commodity price. Yeah. When you can ship like, you know, a box of Legos... That is going to sell like three hundred dollars for a box of Legos per, per box, and he's you know three hundred, you three million dollars worth of Legos in a container, right? And you make like whatever the, the the shipping price to the price of the goods inside the container is very low, so they could still afford it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the whole problem. That's why you're seeing inflation. That's why I think you're seeing inflation. Anyways, I'm not. I mean, I'm not an yeah, expert. Th- it, yeah, exactly. But I think yeah. I think a lot of it is due to, um, yeah, one the price of the shipping. Mm -hmm. which is, like, in short, the supply. And also, so the other side of it is that a lot of people are eating in more because they're just inside more often, so they're cooking more. So now, uh, suddenly, a lot of the food you get in restaurants is actually, like, pretty, like, low quality, I want to say. Like, they also, because they ship it in bulk. And also, like, when you're talking about industry, like, let's say they'll use a lot of sauces, so you don't need to have, like, super nice goods like food, but let's say when you're at the supermarket, people are very picky. They look at each apple, each yes. potato. Compared like once shopping. It, Yeah, but once it's in your like food, you don't notice if it was like slightly ugly, right? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. that's the problem, is that they're actually throwing out a lot of the produce because it used to go to um, in, like industry or restaurants, and suddenly now they have a shift to consumers, but consumers are very picky, and they don't only want the best stuff. So all the, the crappier, let's say lower grade uh, product, they just throw out. And they don't make as much money anymore. So that's why um, there's that aspect. And also, so now, also, um, let's say, like, La or Pravigo or whatever probably had a um, division that would sell to restaurants. That's not doing as well. They need to recoup their costs on the residential portion. Right. And also, there's also, like, wage. Um, like, people don't want to work as much or for the same wage, um, especially at grocery stores. So now you're seeing them; they have to pay more in their labor costs to keep these employees.
1: So these margins, like these little little bits
0: right here, yeah. they so, they come into. So play, they yeah. they push it to the consumer, basically. So yeah. it's really not the farmer making the money; it's really, and yeah, it's basically the uh, the chain of command. The chain, yeah, the the basically chain. like the chains are basically a monopoly in yeah. in Canada at least. There's only like Sobeys, Loblaws, or probably go yeah. whatever you want to call them. And, and that's about it really there's like a few small ones but like they they own like 70 80 percent of the market right but
1: i mean once and, yeah but that's the thing it's just like they're gonna charge more because they need to somehow make that profit but then again people they're gonna
0: still go like and they, do like i mean they can't go anywhere else right? yeah like if you think about it like like where do you go you go adonis you go to uh like, for, for our non-Canadian viewers, guys, there's... Adonis. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's like a Lebanese chain, but it's it's Mediterranean, fairly yeah. Mediterranean, very small. Um, it has maybe, I don't know, 20, 20 stores, maybe. Yeah, more Lattos as well. There's, like, a few smaller shops, but that's why I said, like, 70%, 80% of all the uh, shopping is still done at these big chains. So, there's yeah. IGA, Super C. Super C, but that's all the same, same brand, isn't it? it well, no, it is- Metro, IGA, Super C, Maxi... Loblaws it's um, all it's all the same thing
1: so yes it, yes and no it's just that they're they're affiliated uh yeah. I would think that like uh a supermarket like Super C often gets uh the the leftovers of yeah. like um IGA yeah. or provigo I forget which one so which Super one?
0: C and Metro are the same are they s- okay they're so they the get same. So IGA and um and think, no no Provigo is Loblaws Provigo Loblaws and something uh whole foods i don't know man like there's a few anyways there are they're all there's basically like three three or four companies saputo i don't know there's three or four companies you don't have any choice and you're basically buying from these big stores yeah exactly yeah. yeah
1: that's the that's the point of it yeah yeah
0: so then they so now your market is not um if you want to talk economics it's not um it's like an oligopoly now like it's like ro- robeles and like, telus um whatever um <laughs> Rogers and Bell, like, are, 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 um...
1: Competing telecom Telecom, ne-
0: yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with Canada, is that there's not enough, there's not, it, it's hard to compete, like, it's hard to get, start and compete. Basically. Yeah, because
1: you're, you're going against such superpowers, ones that have been in the game for quite, quite a long time. But then again, and there's there not are... that
0: much market share either. Like, let's yeah. say you start, like, you usually have to start a company in, like, a smaller area. Let's say, like, you start in... I don't but know, then, like a three then, rivers and like your market's me. like 300k people. <laughs> but
1: then, but then uh, tell me this, tell me this. What about these disrupting companies, like these small companies that are mm-hmm. trying to like change things like Lufa yeah. Farms or yeah. like, you know, so, what
0: I heard that Lufa Farms is um, kind of in j- distress, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So really? Yeah. Their whole okay. model, like, I mean, for those of you who don't that know what don't Lufa know Farms Lufa is, Farms, so, yeah, maybe we I should mean, it was an bit. interesting idea. Basically the idea is that, and this is for the, f- maybe the future as well is that the, they, th- they had a good idea that they have all these um, uh, f- uh, roofs on the, on the top of buildings in, in downtown that have nothing on them, right? And they're just okay. sitting there, not being used. So it's basically unused real estate. Yep. So they thought, oh, okay, we're going like, to put greenhouses on the tops of these roofs, and then we'll have free real estate because roofs are considered non-usable space in Canada. oh um, So they don't get taxed. Um, yeah because it's unusable right yeah so they will put these greenhouses on these roofs and not get taxed on it and they'll maybe rent them at very 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 low prices because people can't really do anything with these roofs maybe they'll sell it at one dollar a square foot when as opposed to let's say like um a typical let's say warehouse would be i don't know let's well it depends where in canada you are but let's say like five to ten dollars a square foot okay and then like an office would be let's say like around 30 to 50 dollars a square foot and then you know it could go higher yeah, depending yeah. on if you're downtown whatever so you know, like downtown like this downtown be, Vancouver is like 100 to dollars square foot
1: it would <laughs> be interesting to find out what the, uh, what the actual data is or how much how much uh the cost is for yeah. for this but anyway let's I mean uh,
0: I've looked at a lot of industri- oh, okay. industrial real estate in the past yeah. and yeah like let's say so they're renting these rooms let's say at like one dollar square foot instead of you know five to ten dollars right so they're five to ten times cheaper than if you were to rent a, an actual greenhouse somewhere mm-hmm. on the ground so so they um their service was that they would you know sell um small baskets of goods that were super fresh they would be hand-picked the night before and they'd deliver it to you if you were downtown um the next morning and you can order it through an app and it's all is good and but the, the problem with them is they don't they only have like a certain amount of goods i guess uh because like i mean it's 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 Still pretty small scale at this point. Um, and then, so now the problem is that the city is like, hey, you guys, you're using this roof as usable space. We want to tax you on it. So suddenly their business model doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> and um, so now they're fighting with the city of Laval and stuff like that, um, primarily. Uh, and so basically, yeah, so they're now they're not profitable at that point.
1: Because of the transportation, it just comes down to transportation then.
0: I think it's, well, it's because they're, um, like, they weren't paying rent, and really, let's say it was very low rent. Yeah. Um, their workers are very expensive because they're in the city, downtown. They have right. to pay, like, like, downtown salaries. Yeah. Um, they have to pay energy prices that are commercial, like, rate instead yeah. of, like, industrial or lower like usually when you're agriculture you actually pay a lower rate of electricity because it's kind of subsidized by hydro quebec okay i'm saying this problem um and then so yeah so there's a like a whole bunch of things that they're actually like not optimizing anymore
1: (laughs) well that's the thing because because as you were mentioning there they have their um what is it their operations set up on a roof so that means that it's going going down as uh not industrial costs right mm-hmm. it's yeah. all so so that's so that's insane but then again didn't they think about this like
0: yeah they did it's like a it's like a gray area oh okay yeah, it's a gray area now the city wants to says no nope, it's our money it's always about money guys <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. but yeah but i mean it was a good idea, and I do think it was a good segue. I do think the future of farming is going to be, um, is going to be vertical. So vertical means that it's doesn't necessarily mean it's up, but it means it's in a building inside. Mm-hmm. And like the advantage is, you know, it's like climate controlled. You can control from, you know, dust and microbes and um, and the pests. Uh, you can prevent, you know, a lot like of impurities in general. And yeah, like mice, locusts, whatever, like. Uh, so you yeah prevent impurities and therefore uh, and you can prevent like pollen from getting in so you can prevent weeds you can prevent rodents you can because it's
1: much more of a controlled area it's super controlled yeah, super yeah. Controlled, it's a cl- it's, uh,
0: they're actually pretty cool like yeah. i've been in one and it's like oh, a yeah? clean room yeah you have to get in in a clean suit and uh like you know the gown the full gown and you have to be like sprayed down and because they need to make sure you don't like um you know introduce uh, bacteria. Anything, or yeah any new use types plants, of But the thing is that it's good because you don't have to use any pesticides. You don't need to um, worry about, you know, like, whatever droppings uh, from animals on the plants. So, it's, like, you don't have to clean them as much. You um, you can control, like, the sunlight. It grows at all hours of the day because it's indoors and you're basically, like, with UV lights, like, onto the plants. Um, But you're, but in a way, in a way, it's just kind of like you're genetically
1: growing it, right? Like, do they give them rest? rest days yeah there is rest like so okay. they,
0: they make sure because they found that like well i don't know the study here but I, I i'm pretty sure they found that um like plants actually grow faster if you give them like a natural like solar cycle so they actually lower down the lights at night in those like they, they have big control systems yep. for all the lighting and it's like each plant is like getting its own amount of light that is fine-tuned to like where it typically grows in the world mm-hmm. so yeah it's all controlled there's like little mist sprays and and it, um, it's controlled, like, it's, there's temperature, like, probes in the soil, or sometimes there's no soil at all. Mm-hmm. It's, like, um, hydroponics. Right, the hydroponics. So, yeah. so they, they just have, like, water passing through channels, and the roots are in these channels. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah, it's, like, it's pretty, uh, it's really technologically advanced. Yeah. Um, everything's digital. Everything's monitored. And that way, they get, like, the perfect, If it, uh, <laughs> I can show YouTube videos later, but it's, like, they get, like, perfect cabbages, like, every single time. And there's, like, rows and rows of everything you want and there's like tomatoes growing like vertically on vines and and but this is but this is basically the
1: future then this is this is the idea well i mean also i think uh i think you might know also mm -hmm. in singapore they're doing something Mm -hmm. similar to this right they have a huge operation Mm -hmm. i forget exactly
0: where but Mm -hmm. they but it's it's vertical farming yeah Oh, it makes sense because let's say like especially in singapore right where there's no farmland available every every square inch of that like microstate mm-hmm. is basically taken up. Yeah. So if you want food security, you have to get the land, make the land. So either you dredge out of the ocean and put it like somewhere, the, the land, or you build up and, you know, you can, you can make a sizable amount of land in, let's say land quote unquote mm-hmm. by building upwards, right? Yes. Like, like uh, a million square feet could just be, you know, like uh, whatever, hundred floors of 10,000 square feet or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, which is not that ten thousand square feet not that big. It's like whatever, uh, like uh, you know, a couple of uh, ten, ten times this office we're sitting in. <laughs> yeah, let's say, that, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, let's, sure just, let's just let's just throw it. a number like that. Ten yeah. times our studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and then stacked a hundred times up. So, but a million square feet of land is is uh, that's like uh whatever, like uh, it's uh, around tw- I want to say twenty five acres, twenty five acres of land, something like something that. Like that. Like I think here, uh, let me let me, how much uh, tomatoes grow on one acre of land? I'm just Google searching, guys. So, so let's say so uh, on if you have five thousand square uh five thousand plants on an acre of land, uh you can make one thousand five hundred twenty five pound boxes of tomatoes per season. So if that's one acre, you say, like, oh, that's 25 acres, so we're saying, uh, so let's say that means you're making around a million pounds of tomatoes every season, so I don't know how many pounds of tomatoes a person eats on average, I would say, let's say it's like one pound a week, (laughs) something like that, so maybe you feed a million, a million, uh, I don't know, a million people weeks of, of, of tomatoes just from that one building right that's, so i would say that's almost the entire supply for that city of tomatoes is would be this one big building yeah um if they use that many tomatoes if they in Singapore, yeah exactly they uh, i have no idea <laughs> but but yeah like you know so it adds up right so you can do like you know back in the napkin calculations like this and say hey we need only like 10 buildings like this to feed our entire city and maybe you can see a future where like you know every city has their own little like cluster of buildings that all feed all the people and you and reduce the amount of pollution to begin with because yeah, so that's the thing like yeah. one of the advantages is uh the shipping costs are quite low because and you can also make sure like that a lot of food i think it's like something like 30 to 60 percent of food actually spoils during delivery exactly yeah so yeah. if you cut out all that loss you're gaining the efficiency and then another thing is that the taste of the fruit sucks. Like I don't know if you've ever been uh, to your third world countries, but that's where the food is made. And when you have, let's say, a banana or a mango, it tastes completely different. Like it's so much better, right? Like I've I've been to a lot of countries that you have like a pineapple, like straight from the tree, or a coconut. Yeah, it doesn't taste like that in Canada or even U.S. And it's like, why is that? It's because they have to like pick it off the tree before it's young, ready at, at a, a very young young age y- and it's actually going to ripen during transport yeah and, by, and they're hoping that by the time it gets to you it tastes okay <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's a huge gamble but it's been working
1: so far and yeah and, i, I mean, mean no one's the wiser really none the wiser
0: i mean uh, yeah i mean well, like other people that come to canada they have like even even like french people coming to canada yeah they, they say oh this this cheese sucks this these tomatoes suck these wa- grapes suck and it's like, why is that? It's like, they're, France they're just, actually has a very strong agricultural industry. They also have a history of complaining and... <laughs> yeah, that's true. ...frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Just saying, no, no heat on you. No, yeah, no, no heat on you, y'all, but,
1: you know, you, you set yourself up with, like, what, six revolutions so far? <laughs> hey, I mean, uh,
0: they have, uh, like, you know, three times more vacation than we have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, oh, um, so, all that to say is that, um, you know, and also, like, when you're vertical, you can... It's easy to make... Um, you know, to have robots operate. So they can put tracks that, like, you know, hang the arms, robotic arms or robotic sensors that just move side to side. You don't have to worry about, like, turning or, you know, like, whatever. It's 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 controlled. It's, like, on a track. You don't have to worry about, like, the soil moving and then, you know, getting stuck in wet soil or whatever these, like, weird yeah. environments, right? So it's easier to control this. Um, and so, yeah, this. It's, there's a lot it, of advantages
1: there's a lot of advantages and you're basically taking it adva- you you're taking into consideration that you're not bringing any pollutants it's efficient mm-hmm. but now my question is is that how's this going to affect these shipping companies is it that some of these shipping companies have a monopoly over this stuff <laughs> and like is this going to disrupt
0: them uh, well I mean like we're nowadays we're shipping everything right with like Amazon and whatever yeah, yeah so sure. I think they'll have enough business to to, to, to find something else to ship <laughs> okay Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So, know so I'm not, not really, too worried with these guys <laughs> okay so it's
1: not like it's not like it's gonna it's gonna affect them but how about the supermarkets and mm, so
0: uh, well supermarkets I don't think it'll affect them either right because they still need to buy this is really like lower level this is more like the farmers so farmers might have to move to the city because True. and they're gonna have to update their skills so instead of being someone who operates a tractor or well we can talk about that later but yeah um like autonomous tractors and (laughs) stuff uh but maybe uh you know they'll have to be a guy that um you know does like plant science or you know analyzes spreadsheets of of you know growing data or uh, maybe has to calibrate the sensors on a on a robot that detects whether the fruit is ripe or not.
1: So you're basically saying that this is kind of like the age of traditional farming, like the death of traditional farming. Um, But rather it's not, it's not the death of farmers per Mm -hmm. se, but rather an evolution. It's just, we won't be really focusing on the traditional plowing into the earth, kind of like Mm -hmm. harvesting your things, but rather this is all going to be in a, Mm In, in a couple of buildings, just tall buildings and just... Yeah, I think, I think
0: any uh, product that's, like, native to the place you live in... So, let's say, like, Canada, like, I don't know, iceberg lettuce probably grows pretty well. Mm-hmm. They're still going to farm that because it's just so cheap. It naturally grows there. You don't have to do that much, and it's, like, it's there, right? But um, let's say bananas that you have to ship, anything you have to ship from out abroad... So, right. Anything
1: you have to export, yeah, yeah, exactly. It
0: doesn't make sense. Or
1: uh, uh, sorry, not export, import.
0: Yeah, import exactly. Yeah. Anything you have to import, probably doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. And then anything that's susceptible to any of these like factors we talked about, like anything that's susceptible to a drought or um, frost or um, you know pests, mm-hmm. you know, or anything you want to grow during the winter. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, there might be farms that only operate in the winter. Uh, well, they grow all season, but they only harvest in the winter. Because they don't have to adhere to the regular schedules, so they, it might be that the regular farms compete in the summer, and then in winter everything's provided by the vertical farms that had a whole growing season during the summer to, to like bulk up their inventory.
1: But now I'm wondering, like uh, back to a point that you were you were just mentioning, like the taste, the the feeling, mm-hmm. the feeling of having these fruits. Like if we're gonna grow them locally in our area, let's say we're gonna grow bananas. Uh, like guys, anybody that's listening, you know, it's just like I have no idea what I'm talking about. What but I'm, you know,
0: there's a big problem with bananas. Well, I'll finish wait, your point, but I'll go okay. back to bananas. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, what I'm what I'm wondering is like, you know, for for places for places that are gonna create bananas and all these exotic fruits that we normally go and uh, export them from countries, um, uh, import them from countries. Sorry. What about their taste? Is it gonna be completely? Is it gonna be true to what? we would normally get like per se from from a tree Mm -hmm. rather like now it's being grown in a lab.
0: yeah like i mean it's probably this it's probably actually better tasting like i said because they don't they can pick it when it's ready perfectly ready and they have like sensors and stuff to tell you when it's exactly ready okay and they can even like do market research saying like oh yeah our customers prefer this exact color of banana the best because we did one million samples that were analyzed with this spectrometer (laughs) and whatever right now they can do all these like very fancy things is in a lab and it's controlled, right? Yeah, data analytics.
1: It'll yeah, be, exactly. It'll be
0: easy. Data analysis is a really big thing. But um, back so, to your but, bananas. But yeah, so the bananas. Yeah. So almost all bananas in the world are only one species. And that's because um, bananas are very prone to like viral infection or whatever, fungal infection or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to have, I think until the 70s or 80s, there used to be another banana that was better. And it actually got decimated. Like, it just doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it's extinct? It's extinct, it's, yeah. It's, no way. I, I forget, yeah. It's called, I think, Bosco bananas or something like that. But, what? Uh, so, basically, that banana went extinct, the better banana. And so, now, they it to, shifted to the only one that... There was another type of banana that was, like, it was acceptable, but not it was good. Um, but it's, like, more hardy compared to, uh, for, against these, like, fungus. And so now 99% of all bananas are this other variety. Yeah, this one is. Yeah. But, and, but, and, and, but now there's another problem. Like it's okay. set, they're, they're finding that there's like, it's, being, it's under attack by fungus again. So it might be that they only can grow these in a lab in, one, you know, in, in the distant future because it just gets wiped out completely off of the farms in like Costa Rica and stuff like that. So these Bosco bananas, so there's no way to bring them back to life, like in any. I guess, like if they find any that are like still intact, they can maybe replant them and grow them in a the lab. I'm beyond. sure. I'm sure someone must
1: have conserved yeah. it in some way. Shape. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: sure maybe, but uh, here, explain. here 1950s. There's, so uh, there was a strain of fungus Fusarium wilt, A.K.A. Tropical Race One, a strain of the fungal Panama disease. So it was called the Gro Michel. Um Gro Michelle banana. Okay. It's gone. Yeah. So and now it's called the Cavendish banana is the new one that we eat. So every banana oh, okay. you eat is called a Cavendish banana. Uh but yeah, if you actually go to new Mexico, um there are like bananas that are not oh I mean sometimes you find them like plantains and stuff. They're yeah. they're basically bananas. They're like a different Variety, well i was right? about to ask about yeah.
1: plantains like what about them like what's so yeah
0: i guess like they have a thicker skin so they're not exactly the same like they're a di- they are a banana like a but they're, they're like part a, of the family family yeah but they're, they're slightly different like dis- so if you want like something like, like, like very very close to banana there's only like these like there are they're trying to like crossbreed new varieties which is like a genetic modification uh well it's not you know we <laughs> actually this is like a whole topic right like gene editing and stuff of, of but yeah. the thing is like if you think about it, we've been crossbreeding uh, fruits since the beginning of time, since back to the Egyptians and whatever. If you actually look at, like, um, old fruits from, like, the ancient world, they don't look anything like what we have now. And that's because we've been crossbreeding them and selective breeding them to be better and bigger and juicier and more to our taste and sweeter. So, like, if you look at, um, like, an apple from, like, 3000 AD, BC or whatever, 3000 BC, like, it looks like crap. Like, it looks like a complete crap. Like, it's small, it's crap, it's like, you know, crab apples? Like, yeah. even worse than that. <laughs> like, it's not it's, sweet, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Here, but I mean, this is what
1: they were eating at the this time. This is what they were eating, yeah. this is all they yeah. had.
0: And so, like, but then if you look at, you know, whatever, like, here, if you look at, um, let's say, oranges, uh, 3000 BC, like, get a, I don't know if I can find a, an old picture of it, but basically, like, they look like. Like, uh, crap actually, lemons, I think, is a good example of this. Oh, yeah, actually, I have
1: a picture. Okay, yeah, uh, that'll
0: be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like this, but I mean, it's even worse. Like, it's like so. This It's basically like this tiny, so basically, inside it's like tiny, tiny, tiny compared to what we have now. It's like ugly on the outside, it's like all shriveled up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like this. Like, so th- this is, like, all they had, right? And then selectively, wow. we've bred it and bred it and bred it to be, like, most of the inside is edible now, right? It used to be all skin and crap. And so now it's all nice and round and, and amazing. So, basically, so
1: this is not natural? It's what, not natural. Well I, mean, I,
0: well, I mean, we've been crossbreeding it. It's okay. like So we've been selectively breeding it and, like, choosing it to be better. And, you know, over time here, there's, Holy. like, another diagram on how it's been done, right? So, like, Yo, it's... Yo, that's actually nice. Can you send me that picture? Yeah, so That's... Sure, yeah. that's so basically even like most things that we eat are like that like even if you go to barley and wheat it's the same thing like it used to be this crappy small thing and right. like different oranges you get like blood oranges they're basically just crossbred and um, okay. mandarins and like why we have all these different varieties and so I mean it,
1: maybe this is maybe this is common knowledge for me this is like brand new <laughs> stuff I'm just like my, my mind is
0: shattered so oh, yeah. I mean so that's why when people say oh yes. we can't be like editing or selecting or whatever like dude we've been doing this for like 5000 years last like since the 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 dawn of agriculture yeah yeah it's been done so it doesn't make sense to try and stop it um now now we can actually like edit genes where we're like literally going in and like inserting like properties that we want which is new but the actual like active like selective breeding and making it better and bigger and like juicier and whatever it's been you know it's been done for the last like five thousand years so people shouldn't complain about that but yeah so that's uh but that, that is one thing that we might, you know, we're going to continue evolving on and having, like, better and bigger prod- produce and plants that can resist, you know, cold more. I think they, like, found, like, a strain of, like, they, they edited, like, uh, I forget what crop it is, maybe, like, lavender or something, where okay. it's, like, it doesn't, it, like, barely, like, it, it can resist the cold down to, like, you know, minus three or something. It used to just die, like, five degrees or something, and then they, they, they bred it over, 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 and, yeah. t- you know, now it can resist certain temperatures that it doesn't like even have it, a problem
1: yeah it's so it's able to survive up to like let's say minus three but that's yeah. that's impressive and yeah. that's how many years
0: let's say like they've been trying to do it over like 50 years right but 50 it's like, it's good, years but like yeah like every every year they get like slightly like you know one more degree one more degree one more degree yeah and yeah <laughs> wow but yeah okay. but they do that you know they do that for drought resistance they do that for um, uh, whatever and then the farmers actually need to like buy these like seeds from these companies that like have the best seat, quote unquote. So, so is this where we start
1: talking about Monsanto? Monsanto. Oh, I mean,
0: well, the Monsanto is like a bit different, right? They were like, um, what was it? The pesticides they were using like caused cancer or something, and they didn't tell anybody, and they knew it, or something like that. I think that was a well, well, scandal. It, uh, was that it, or was it that just because they
1: genetically modify um,
0: produce? Um, I thought it was like the herbicide they used, like the herbicide, like they would spray it, and they were like, yeah, they knew it caused cancer, and they're just like, yeah, don't tell anyone, because it. it makes our profit margins better okay okay <laughs> so it wasn't yeah i don't know of any scandal of like genetically modifying i've never mm. heard of that okay but maybe there is i'm sure there is some scandal somewhere i mean we'll revisit this yeah. at some point in the yeah. future anyway so but yeah basically um yeah that's uh so yeah so indoor farming i think is uh is definitely one of the features of, of a lot of different uh plants mm-hmm. that we're gonna be using other other things they might do is um so yeah so i'm I'm thinking that like the other half of the farming that's done in the farms the fields uh will probably be done by machines a lot more so one like i think more and more farms are just being like bought up by like companies right um i think like bill gates is like one of the largest owners of farmland in like idaho or something like that (laughs) i forget which state but he owns like whatever like Idaho, thirty million acres of Idaho. farmland, and he's just slowly buying up more and more and more. And it's like, why is that? It's because, like, there eventually. I think the future will be that it won't be, uh, one small business owner owning one farm and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be like these big companies that own like swaths and swaths of land, and, and it's yeah. just they deploy tons of capital to these, uh, farms, and it's all mechanized. There's gonna be like drones flying around, like analyzing each plant on each tree, uh, each like uh fruit on each tree and then there's like maybe uh, uh i don't know like robots ca- like uh, with caterpillar wheels and they you know go in the field with like claws and pick it uh, yeah from the field and it'll only be make sense at giant scales basically
1: but now now this begs the question so would this be and for, uh, pardon my ignorance but would this be considered organic or yeah like it's
0: still um it's still organic because well i mean okay this is another thing because when you say organic in the grocery store, it's like a total scam, basically. Right. Basically, anything that says organic, it just means that um, the compounds they use to like, it, just, it still means they have herbicide and pesticide and whatever. And, and it just means that those compounds itself are um, natural, quote on, like made from natural ingredients, but doesn't mean that the process to do that was natural. Um, and then spraying it is not a natural occurrence, right? So the whole thing's a scam. Organic food.
1: So basically, they're they're paying premium. You're paying
0: a premium for nothing of value. Actually, in, in most cases, actually worse for you. Uh, the the organic. There's a study. There's been studies before. Um, you know, I'll try and find it and link it eventually. But uh, they, there's studies done that they say that the organic food is actually worse for you because they have to substitute to, for a lower grade pesticides because they need to like quote unquote get like organic stuff. But it actually ends up being worse for you, and and sometimes it even like causes cancer and all kinds of stuff. So, um, organic jokes on you. Yeah, jokes people. on you. Organic, <laughs> organic is like a big scam. They sell for a higher profit margin, and you get a worse product out of it, and then you're accepting the worst product, which is hilarious to them. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. man. So don't buy organic. Um, but yeah, so this let's say this whole thing, this whole pro- pro- uh, process is quote unquote organic mm-hmm. because it's it's still growing in the ground with the same chemical compounds, nitrogen, and whatever, phosphate, phosphorus, and, and it's, it's just that the labor itself is done very meticulously, 24-7, autonomously, by ca- like a robot instead of a person mm-hmm. who needs to be, in most cases, like imported from the third world because we don't want to pay enough for our food. And this can be done 24-7, at night, uh, in bad weather, in the rain, nobody cares and no yeah. one's going to be Nobody's frustrated to be because frustrated.
1: there's no child labor there's yeah. no uh there's no issues with this because <laughs> this is all done robotically but mm-hmm. then people as they are they will complain they'll be like the robots are taking over and all that nice. all
0: that stuff i mean also like it'll oh well, yeah sure but like i said <laughs> like it's gonna create better jobs like yeah uh, like um it's back breaking labor right that's why we literally import foreign people because nobody wants to do this in the first world nobody nobody wants to be on a on a field in the hot summer day, picking on a ladder that's gonna like, you know, fall over and just you your back or whatever. And it
1: gives people an opportunity to learn new things. Yeah, and now it's they're, gonna it's all
0: coding, they're gonna be coding, they're gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, science, it's gonna be better, you know, you sit in a chair all day and uh, whatever. It's yeah. it's nice and cushy job <laughs> exactly. for a lot of pay. So people will jump at that opportunity. So uh, And you can do it remotely, right? You, you don't have to live in the middle of nowhere. You can live in a city where there's this. Um, station, like a, a network operations center that has all the farms on camera and they have like GPS location data and you see it from a bird's eye view above the farm. They have UAVs like flying overhead at all times. Right. They can that's like monitor true, the crops for if there's oh this this side of the crop is like a bit wilting so we can see that on our, our map geolocation mapping and Yeah, pop. they use geolocation to kind of like yeah. map out
1: how the mm-hmm. field is looking and then they're able to n- also, in a way, uh, predict how things are going based on based on the data that they have, which is which is interesting. Like they have certain centers, uh, sensors that that are able to tell them uh, a
0: historical view of the moisture level, mm-hmm. and then this gives them a way of yeah, like yeah, yeah. figuring out with oh, the lidar. They can like even detect like the I think like the specific chemical compounds in the soil, and like oh yeah, there's more nitrate on this one this side, so we're gonna spray only that side because or else we'll oversaturate the soil on the other side. And then they can be very precise. And the robots know exactly, like, where the delineation is because you Mm -hmm. have it in a map, right? Like, if you send a person saying, like, oh, um, like, water the left side of the field, like, (laughs) what does that mean, right? Like, is it the whole left side? Is it, like, only this one plant in particular, like, plant 42? Like, it's going to be a hard time to find that plant, right? But the the robot knows exactly, like, oh, that's, like, this exact coordinate to the (laughs) millimeter (laughs) that it needs to be watered. So you're you're saving energy, water, uh, and, you know, labor, everything. So, oh, so it's going to be really cool. You can do that with irrigation, right? It could be a robot that has like a bunch of water and just sprays whatever, and uh, it knows exactly to do. And yeah, so the same thing with the weed management. It could go pick exa- weeds. So one of the things is like you need to be trained to pick weeds, right? Like how do you know that's a weed versus a plant, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not that obvious, and you end up picking the plant and that or hurting the plant. But, like, a, uh, a robot, you're gonna, you could use, like, a spectrometer and know exactly, oh, this exact shade of green doesn't make sense, and it's, like, very and subtle. And they use AI, AI. AI
1: to kind of, like, grab the picture yeah. and then predict. Not predict. It's more like they'll have a better understanding because based on certain, certain um, let's say, traits which may, may be uh, overlooked by the human eye mm-hmm. can be easily spotted by technology.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah so yeah so like basically they, they won't make mistakes and mistakes cost money and so therefore it's it's, it's a win-win a, yeah it's a win for everyone right
1: yeah it's a win for everyone
0: so oh. yeah so and all these like uh, technologies are coming down in price like the little like drones and you know dji drones i'm sure you can just like program some software for it to use its camera to like tell you that right so exactly yeah so and then there's the same revolution happening with like fishing and farming um and like uh, cattle farming and whatever animal farms as well like uh, all this technology like they're 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 tagging the the animals with geolocation tags so they know always like if it escapes from the pen they can like go find it it'll get an alert on their app <laughs> saying hey your your goat has escaped from the pen and now they don't need to really like worry too much that their herd is gonna like leave and uh and they also like have like chips implanted in the animals to tell them oh like the blood sugar of this animal is like uh, too high something's wrong with the animal okay send actually it's pretty crazy like the the milk farms right like how it works is like they they herd the the cows into the corral like mm-hmm. there's like these like um, r- like raceways or laneways and the the cows know to walk through it and they walk through and they and, and they know there's some food at the end of the raceway right and they walk through and they got scanned and then it actually like oh it knows this cow's sick it like automatically toggles the raceway to like change the channel and it it like directs the cow to the next station where there's like the vet veterinary station Mm. if it's still good so that way they don't infect the other cows they don't get put with the other cows they like segregate them but it's all done automatically right like it's scanned they know okay we're gonna send that one to quarantine and then this one's good so this one's like ready to get milk so it actually changes it to the third lane and it's all automatic so which
1: which company is this Sorry, oh i don't
0: know like the exact company i've seen it like um this was like ten years ago, so there must be a lot of, a lot of con, like uh, companies that do that. But, um, but yeah, like just to say like the. the, the okay, so farming this has been technology. going on. This has been oh, going yeah. on for ages. So like, okay. The mechanization okay. Of, of farming uh, has been probably going on for like at least. Well, I mean, since the dawn of time, obviously, but like in the way what we're talking about now has been at least twenty to thirty years. I would say that since the nineties, the automation of farming is at least thirty years old. Um, anything we're talking about now is already deployed somewhere. Um, but it's not like everywhere, right? There's still right. places that do it the older way, and they're uh, they're the ones that are gonna get bought out eventually by companies because they're less efficient. Um, but yeah, so to varying degrees, a lot of farms already have a lot of this technology, and even like with the like you probably seen on like Discovery Channel in the '90s or something. There's like farm tractors that are like, you know, like like uh, like two stories high, and they like they take they grab the wheat, uh, take the grain off, uh, process the grain turn it into flour, and then put the uh, trimmings back on the ground and replant it so that it, like, regenerates the soil all in one machine. Mm-hmm. And all it does is, like, it plows it geodesically. Like, the, the guy just sits there, and he just makes sure as it drives in a straight line, which is done by um, GPS. Mm-hmm. And so all he does is he programs the route in the GPS, and everything else is done automatically. Right. And that was done, like, in the 90s so oh okay wow that's so like and that's yeah. all one process so you don't have this big processing plant at the end of your farm like drive all your grain back to the, the plant all it is is basically everything's done in one thing it's already in like flour or separated anyways and um basically all you need to do is they drive like a second truck next to it where it has like a dump truck they just load it in exactly and that yeah. drives yeah. in and there's like a fleet of of trucks that are like ready behind it so you only need like one tractor to f- tons of acres and that's it. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, it's like one machine. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it eliminates the, like, the, the, the barn, the whatever, like, everything. It eliminates the need of, like, yeah, of, I guess, the barn. Yeah. Yeah, of like everything, right? Like, there, there used to be, like, a separate processing plant for, like, separating the germ from the wheat. And then another one for breaking the husk. And then another one for grinding into flour. So and that used to be a different process. Now it's all done in this one, like, machine that moves with the whole the whole fleet of trucks. Right, right, Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like as we're yeah. moving forward like to the future it's so now it's not going to be just one truck it's going to be you know one guy operating like a fleet of like 50 trucks and those trucks will be automatically doing whatever they need and to that do. guy is like at a central at
1: a yeah. at a, a, a center station center or station in the and city he has like cameras yeah. all set up and mm-hmm. yeah and and then they're able to just like check out what's the status of one or the mm-hmm. other yeah that's, exactly. that's super
0: efficient yeah yeah so all I have to say is, yeah, it's, it's ongoing. It's, um, it's, it's, it's basically here. It's just that, you know, it takes a while for, for capital to move. So, and we're, 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 you know, I think that that's definitely the future has already been going on and, uh, we're, we're almost there.
1: So I'm just wondering now, sh- um, uh, I mean,
0: shall we just wrap up and then yeah, uh, I think like we've, um, you know, we, it's kind of like a broad view. Yeah. Um, But, you know, since it's already in progress, you can already see it. You can look up any YouTube videos you want and see what's going on. We're just saying that, like, in the future, this will be the majority of farms and it will be vastly more automated than you think. And um, now the most developments are in, like, um, machine vision and robotic, um, like, picking. And so that's, like, the last frontier is to, like, basically completely, like, cut out the, 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 the labor basically that's the last part it's to cut out it's to really cut out the medium like that
1: uh, the just just humans in the, in general and mm-hmm. that's that's going to be an interesting shift because there are people that are reluctant but i mean they'll be given an opportunity to still maybe own the land mm-hmm. or but just yeah
0: like they're, they're gonna make money off of their land either doing way almost like you know much less work much than less they work. used to yeah. and they won't have and people will have Better prices at the grocery store, and it'd be better quality. But it would be interesting and to talk to a farmer, like just to see yeah. what's
1: their point of view, because I'm sure that they must have like different concerns that we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't think
0: about, right? Yeah, like I think they'll, they'll they're probably concern is probably like raising capital, um, probably things like things like that where we're we're not really. It's more from the business side, I would say, and also probably the sup- supply management and uh, being squeezed by these like big conglomerates yeah things like that yeah um but but yeah i don't know i don't know it's a it's a very exciting future and we are looking forward to hearing your guys thoughts in the comments but uh, for now i think we'll end with that and anything uh closing you want to say hey honestly this is a great time to just learn
1: something new so like uh, i've learned quite quite a lot about farming things that i probably didn't think about because once again, we take we do take quite a lot of things for for granted. It's not really something most of us really think about. So this has been this has been a a very interesting talk just to just to think about like the little minute activities that happen uh, that we that we don't really look at. So yeah,
0: yeah. And if you want to know more, uh, like I said, enter the comments. Uh, if you have questions, we will be happy to make a more in depth uh, topic on this. Yeah. And, you know, like, like we said, invite a farmer or, uh, or someone who's in, in the industry and then we can really dive deep into the subject. But for now, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Fox. And this is Hyena. Thank you. and Have a great day. See you.